Welcome, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. During our sleepover show a while back, we noticed an entire episode presenting itself inside of an episode. Isn't that right? Episodeception, I suppose you could call it. Yeah. Excuse my yawn. I'm very awake and I'm very with it, Grimey, by the way. I just want everybody to know, very awake, very with it. Yeah, it, it feels late by 2024 January standards, so. It does. I mean, when the sun sets at 11.30 a.m. Um, here in Anchorage, Alaska, you know. Uh, <laughs> it tricks the brain, what can I say? So anyways, yes, the sleepover show, you might recall there was a portion of the sleepover where we were sitting behind the computer browsing through different websites, watching and playing Flash cartoons and games and what have you. Yes, I am very excited to get into this internet show with you, Grimy, the surfing of the net, if you will. Uh, We did talk quite a bit about old websites that we enjoyed visiting, particularly, uh, particularly in that scenario. Uh, in a sleepover setting, but come on, we weren't just visiting the internet, the interwebs, uh, on sleepover nights. No, definitely not. It became sort of a regular occurrence, and uh, well, I mean, if we fast forward 20 plus years, here we are hosting a radio show exclusively on the internet, so I'd say that it's about time to start picking through our origins on the internet. What got us to this point? Absolutely. So shall we dial it up? Grimy, I'm setting the way, way back machine, or I think it's just called the way back machine, to the year of 2006, or maybe 2007, maybe 2008, but somewhere in that general range. Uh, I'm typing us into cinemassacre.com. sleepover show as a springboard of sorts and i figured the absolute best way to springboard us from the sleepover show fully into the surfing the net show is with cinemassacre.com because this is one that while i visited it a lot on my own after school on weekends whenever it might be uh this one was best when it was me and my cousin in his little closet of a computer room, just fighting over the mouse and keyboard, sharing one office chair, and watching AVGN videos right after one right after another, just oh, over yeah. and over and over again. Uh, there's a lot that we're going to go over in this show, a lot of good childhood memories, and a lot of them uh, where it was me and my cousin where he showed me a site and then I became obsessed with it. But this... 
is sort of the granddaddy of all of those types of websites. Totally. Oh, man. I love me some James Rolfe. Uh, huge fan. Always been a huge fan. Uh, I know that we've gushed about him at least a couple of times, but this is our real chance. When are we ever going to get the real chance to just like sit and talk exclusively AVGN? Really happy we're getting into this. Oh, me too. I mean, I mean, listen, I've brought him up on the show a few other times. The website, specifically with Monster Madness. This past Halloween, I yes. noted how Monster Madness, his annual Halloween series where he would dive into horror movies uh, and give you a crash course, more or less, in horror movies. What you should watch. Here are some classics. Here are some more classics. And then into some weirder territory. That shaped me in my movie-watching habits for a very long time. So James was not only influential to me in in terms of things that I would watch, but in terms of things that I would play or avoid playing for uh, the most part. Uh <laughs> And, listen, I learned a fair bit of my humor and comedic beats from the guy, too, because I was just so hooked on his videos and the way that he told jokes and told stories through the AVGN, for those of you not in the loop, Angry Video Game Nerd series. Uh, And, listen, 11, 12-year-old Derek learned some combinations of swear words that he didn't know was possible through that series as well. So... James, in a sense, to me, because I was kind of the perfect age for it, uh, felt like maybe one of my older cousins, like my cool older cousins, who got to talk about video games and horror movies for a living. Um, And that was cool, man. Uh, This was obviously before the age of the influencer that we're in now. Right. And he was really that first wave where people started realizing not only was the internet a fun place to click around and maybe talk to a few people here and there online, but a place that you could just have a whole career on. Like you could be a professional while being very unprofessional Mm -hmm. (laughs) with a lot of his videos and, and you could make a living at it by making a show that would never be able to air on regular TV back then, even on cable. Mm -hmm. Like some of the stuff that James was putting out, which by today's standards isn't very, but at the time was so crass and mm-hmm. so, um, I don't want to say immature, but it could be immature at times. Uh, but, but so, um, uh, independent, so indie, mm-hmm. uh, low budget, um, that it, it never would have been picked up by anybody in, in, Cinemassacre.com was the only place that that could have worked, and then later YouTube. But uh, just really cool to watch that from the beginning and watch him evolve that into what it's sort of become now, which is just, I love it. Just thinking about it right now, that was my first foray, I guess, into nostalgic content, I guess, because let's face it, there really wasn't anybody else just regularly talking about Nintendo games online. Like it was some one of them things where you were like before then, well, everybody's basically going to just forget this, you know, and a lot of people did. And then now you have AVGN talking about old Nintendo games and why they were shit and why these ones were good. And it's like, oh, this is like kind of starting this new thing. I didn't know how, but I wanted to be part of it some way. And here we are now. And I, I, I feel like I owe a lot of that just to James in a sense. I get that. 
I get that. And uh, I, I read his book towards the end of last year, A Movie Making Nerd. Mm-hmm. And what really struck me, because there's a lot of people online now who are just not about what he's doing. And it has a lot to do with the production company that he works with now. And maybe some of the decisions that they make either in writing or or whatever it might be. Right. But we can't, regardless of how you feel about him and his shows now, we can't take away the fact that, you know, he did do a lot of stuff that people weren't doing at the time. And he was a pioneer in a sense. But the book was really eye-opening for me because uh, he goes through some of his struggles, you know, growing up, feeling awkward. He was in, you know... um, a special needs school, like getting some special education that was sort of tailored to him because he didn't learn in a normal way, which I really resonated with because I had uh, you know, a learning disability that was not diagnosed for a long time, and I had those similar struggles. And then he had a big issue once he got into college, again, something that I resonated with. And it was just like really inspiring to read because it's like, by the you know the way that he tells it, it was more or less uh, I made a fuck up here, I made a fuck up there, and at the time, if I was his age, and when I was his age, you think, oh Jesus Christ, that's the end of it, that's the end of my life. Like I fucked up so badly that there's no redeeming this. There, I'm just gonna you know do shitty shitty things for the rest of my life, either in jobs yeah, yeah. or whatever it might be. And to see that, you know, he pushed through it and overcame it, and not only just got himself better, but then did something creatively that he was passionate about that he loved to do. Um, it was really cool. So it was a really cool read and it further solidified uh, and justified me spending all that fucking time on cinemassacre.com <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Finally, there's a reason. I knew there was a reason. So uh, before we go any further, I have to ask you, what is your favorite Cinemasker video. Oh boy. Well, I'm gonna do the cop out answer, and That's I'll fine. say it's all the ho- it's all the Halloween angry video game nerd episodes. All um, spectacular. I mentioned it again on one of last year's Halloween shows. At this point, but uh, he does a Dracula slash vampire episode. He did a Frankenstein episode. Obviously. Um, He's visited the Jekyll and Hyde thing a couple times, and those were all fun and great. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street were all great. Um, And I guess branching out past that, I always loved the Bugs Bunny birthday blowout video. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Where he dumps a metric fuckload of fake shit all over a Bugs Bunny costume. Yeah. I mean... As immature of a joke as it might be, it still gets me every time I see it. It's still as funny as it's ever been. Totally. And Mike Matei's version of Bugs Bunny is just so great because he's close-ish, but it's still off. Like, he's not doing a great Bugs Bunny impression, but it's like... It's so good that it's not good. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's It's to the benefit of the video that it's like kind of sort of there but he also isn't trying to like go for a one-to-one so right that's great that's comedy gold how, how about you I'm, i want to know now oh there's so many well the first one i always go back to the first episode i ever seen him in and that was the original tmnt of course it, it's hilarious oh, yeah. 
Um, he didn't really go in too much depth with it. Like he actually does that game over again because he doesn't feel like he gave it a fair shot back in the day. He said he's really grown over the years, tell you. Um, mm-hmm. but that one's one. I love the uh, the Batman episode two parter. That one's perfect. I love Mike Matei's version of the Joker. It's hilarious, and him oh, yeah. getting a bunch of the really shitty games crammed up his ass at the very end is hilarious. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's another one where he does an entire breakdown of weird video game gadgets it's during Christmas, and I cannot for the life of me remember who the, the comedic actor is that's in there with him. That's not the Gilbert Gottfried episode, is it? Because he no. somehow managed to get Gilbert Gottfried before he passed. Which no, was it wasn't It wasn't Gilbert. No, okay. But speaking of which, though, like he he's done so many weird like guest appearances recently, especially like he's had Macaulay Culkin, he's had fucking Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, just super it's, it's, weird. again, and that's what I mean. It's like it's inspiring and crazy that just some kid who you know kind of you know almost barely made it through college at certain points comes out of it and he's making videos with Lloyd Kaufman yeah. and Macaulay Culkin and Gilbert Gottfried. Like that's that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing that I really did uh and still love, but I, I got super hooked on was he obviously was a student filmmaker and he had a lot of films that he put on the website that he made uh either through college or right after college. And one of them that always stuck out to me was a horror short, which I think it pushed probably close to a half hour. Mm. It was all in black and white and it was called the deader, the better. (laughs) And I loved that short. It was about two guys, one guy uh, who had been working at a cemetery and another guy who was just starting. And James built this whole cemetery set in his parents' garage at the time. And there's just some great, like, universal monsters atmosphere in the whole short with zombies and they come back to life and the groundskeepers are tasked every night with killing the zombies and burying them before the sun rises before anybody notices that the zombies come up but again such a shoestring budget and some of the effects that he did there's this one scene in particular where he smashes a zombie's head and he composited smashing a watermelon and then part of the zombie's face uh, it's just, you know, it's a chunk of his eye and you can still see the eye moving around. Yeah. And that stuff, when I saw it when I was a kid, I was like, how did this guy do this? Right. It blew my <laughs> mind. Uh, and, and that also spurred a little bit of uh, my love of horror, too. So that's one that I recommend outside of AVGN. If you haven't seen it and you're curious, maybe go check that one out, too. Totally. And last but not least, shit pickle. <laughs> Welcome to a world of its own, Hubba Hotel. This is a place where you can trade an empty pizza box for a fireplace, get famous by winning the waving contest, and a place where your friend shows up for the date with a new head. All this is happening even as we speak, here in Hubba Hotel. I mean, where else? Would you like to take a closer look? Follow me, please. All right, next up, we're going to travel to... Habohotel.com, or in other words, Habo.com. It's hard to explain exactly what it is, and you guys might think I'm kind of crazy after I explain it, but in a nutshell, <laughs> this it's a game, but it's like a chat room, and it was created back in, what, 2000, 
by this Finnish video game company called Soul Lake. Uh, and they used like Flash and Shockwave. I think it was Shockwave first, then they moved to Flash, and now it's like something completely different. Think basically Yahoo Messenger or like ICQ, but bigger. And the biggest difference being that you create and customize an avatar character and you walk around in this virtual hotel. So I think just right off the bat, the best way to describe it, I feel I feel like it's more universally accessible, even with people who never played the game, is yeah. that it seems like it's very similar to Club Penguin. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's quite a bit. I mean, I've never played it, but I I know of it, and it's but exactly it's like there. I, I say Club Penguin, and your brain knows what Club Penguin yeah. is, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's one of those games, the yeah. chat room games, where right. there's things to do, but the chat portion is really the reason that you're there, that yeah. you want to show up. Yeah, that, in a nutshell, that's that's pretty much it. And there are several other ones that are kind of, I don't, I can't say that this is like the first of its kind. I'm all I. I I want to say it is because, you know, I, I love the idea of it being, <laughs> being the first of its kind, but I can't say for certain. But there's so many different ones now that, like, who cares? You know, it is what it is. But so this hotel, public rooms that were created by Soul Lake, you can go in and you can interact with all these other characters, people that, that made their own characters. And there's also this way that you can create your own personal room. So this personal room, depending on if your parents and mine didn't have this, a fancy card that you can put money on the internet, <laughs> um, your room was either huh. really cool or really shit. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was the shittiest oh, of dude. shitty, let like, me tell you. Imagine like the emptiest room possible where no person wanted to hang out. So like mine was just this legit clean, no furniture space and... I never really hung out there with anyone, so off to other people's cool rooms. And I mean, these rooms got really, really awesome. I really, like I said, I don't know what the the fucking penguin game, whatever, <laughs> whatever that. <laughs> I don't know what that was like, but like people really took this game to a completely different extreme. Like you could create an entire cafe with like a bench and drinks and stuff in the back and you could open the drink and like serve it to people hand it off to people and i mean i spent so much time on this game like (laughs) and i never knew who any of these people were because it's not like you could really tell and you can't share your information outside of the game it just doesn't work so like if you swear or try to share like a uh, an address or anything anything that would tie it to you all that would come up on the chat is Baba. <laughs> <laughs> Baba. That's it. Uh, yeah. Well, the the links that people would go to to get around the profanity blocks or the um, personal info sharing blocks that those games had back in the day. Yeah. Again, yesterday we were browsing Reddit and uh, Haley showed me this one uh, that was Club Penguin. And it was it was screenshotted and timestamped from 2010, actually. So pretty mm. pretty later on. But they got their account banned because this person had figured out a whole different language, basically how to <laughs> how to swear and how to say like gross things on Club Penguin. And they're oh, yeah. like, you know, 
instead of fuck, they would say a different word instead of whatever. And so, like, the mods would catch on and they'd be like, you were banned because you used this word instead of this word. You used this word instead of this <laughs> word. And you asked somebody to suck your penguin penis, you know? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Before, whenever we wanted to swear, uh, they, they caught on to it really quick. But, like, all you had to do was put, like, periods in between all the letters so that it would come up. Uh, or like one letter, so like F U dot C K and so on and right, so forth. Right. And yeah, there there was ways around it and they would catch on and then the next thing would come on. That the idea of them creating an entire different language basically, it just that's <laughs> amazing. I love it. Ingenuity, it man. It, it is ingenuity. And that's <laughs> like the beauty of the internet, especially in those early days, <laughs> is that people just came together to break whatever little rules there were at that time just yeah. because they could because they had nothing but time on their hands which i kind of envy with this always online culture that we're in right now little things like that kind of lose their luster and i feel like we get it back here and there like the prime example even though i'm not big on the game or the experience i thought was in 2020 when that new animal crossing game came out Mm. And despite all of us always being perpetually online, it sort of reminded me how everybody came together and they decided they were going to visit each other's islands and they were going to set up like play dates in Animal Crossing and they were going to like coordinate, you know, their their bells so that you can come to their island and take bells and sell them on this other person's island or whatever. Right. Uh, it just sort of reminds me of something like Habo Hotel or... um a club penguin or something like that back in the day where it's like we're all coming together to have this experience together. Sometimes we don't even know the other person. And I mean, obviously Habo hotel, you didn't know nah, not the at other all. person, mm -hmm. any of those people. But I just love that idea of that shared online experience where it's not to show off your own personal achievements on Instagram. It's not to go and buy somebody's used bag of diapers off a of craigslist <laughs> right. yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. only purpose is that you're there together doing mundane basically pointless things yeah just because you can yeah. and i love that that's mm -hmm. so fun it is it is a lot of fun like i said i spent so much time on this thing um i, I watched days disappear playing this fucking game but um, it's it's one of them things that I'm really surprised is still around right now. Like I said, it's, it's still doing, as far as I know, good, especially as far as like 2020 goes when the whole pandemic thing was happening. I guess they saw a pretty big jump in numbers. Uh, they expanded to over nine different hotels and people from more than 150 countries are logging in on the servers. So it must be a pretty happening place still today. Maybe my hobo is still alive and well. I couldn't log in because I don't know any of the information or anything like that, and I did not create another character because I wasn't going to waste time. But eh, who knows? You know, <laughs> if you're bored and you uh, pizza fans want to go on Hobo Hotel and interact, you know, hit me up. Here's its biggest flaw in its current iteration, Grimy, is that I was fully committed and prepared to go create my own very first Habo character when I found out that this is still a thing. So I used the Demboys email. It's demboysofficial at gmail.com. Send me mail. It's fun. Uh, I used that to sign up at habohotel.com yesterday. I was going to create my own avatar. I was going to take a <laughs> screenshot of that avatar. I was going to use it for the marketing of this episode because I said, that's going to be fun. 
And the biggest flaw of modern Habo Hotel is that I'm trying to do all of this in browser, and they oh, you don't let do you it. play in browser anymore. No, they don't let They're you They're making it. you physically go download an app either on your computer or on your phone and play that yeah. way. And I'm sorry, yep. that's too much like software. I'm not... I'm not going the whole software because at that point it's a video game. And I think that's the other important aspect of what you're saying this used to be. And another similar experience that I used to have on CokeMusic.com. Oh, Coke Music. So good. It's very similar. Uh, but these were all early websites and mm-hmm. time waster websites. So you would it was as simple as typing it in. Logging in, playing a little bit, you shut your browser down and you're done. Like, I don't actually want to have software because then mm. it feels too much like a real game and it feels like too much of a commitment to me. I know uh, yeah. that's stupid because no, I play I, games all the time. I but totally this doesn't it. feel like it's earned my actual space on my smartphone. Right. Like, it should just be in browser. Let me play it on my work computer in between taking orders or something, you know? Yeah. No, I totally feel you on that aspect because, like, when ICQ was a thing, you had to download the app. But... Later on came ICQ Lite, where you could just go onto a browser, and if you remembered your name or your number and your login information, you could just do it right there online. And, like, you weren't obviously, like, in schools and stuff, you couldn't just download the thing and have it there. You couldn't do that. That would get you in trouble. Exactly. And that (laughs) therein becomes the, the biggest benefit to all of these older things, these older sites that were games on the sites, <laughs> is that you could be in a setting where you shouldn't be doing that, and you could do could it, doing that, <laughs> and nobody would be it would be the wiser that you were doing it because they they're just it's it's an extra tab that's open on your screen. Yeah, and, and now if they're forcing you to do it on your smartphone or something, they can tell that you're playing a game. Whoever you're shirking your responsibilities to, because yeah. you've got your smartphone in your face, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's the sneakiness factor is no longer there, and that was half of the fun. Was it really like, was. I don't have to be tied to this thing. Yeah. Like I can log in, do my couple little things, and be done. This land is your land. This land is my land. I'm a Texas tiger, you're a liberal wiener, I'm a great crusader, you're a Herman Munster, this land will surely vote for me. This land is your land, this land is my land, I'm an intellectual, you're a stupid dumbass, I'm a Purple Heart winner. Alright, for my next website, I'm taking us to jibjab. Jibjab.com. Jib jab. <laughs> Grimy, uh, is my understanding correct that you did not frequent or know about jibjab.com until the prep for this episode? Both. <laughs> you you yeah. did not know. Had no, no idea. Had no idea. Um, this was kind of an eye opener. It was really fun to like travel back into something that I had no idea about. It was really fun. Um, these were interesting. So, for those of you not in the loop, jibjab.com, it's still in operation. You can still go watch their Flash animations from 20-plus years ago at this point. Uh, but that was their bread and butter. They would do Flash animations, and they would also do e-greeting cards. So, back when that was a very popular thing with a certain population 
uh, within <laughs> within Certain the U.S. Radius, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, why send a birthday card when you can send an e-greeting e-card. card? <laughs> I forgot a lot about the. I just completely oh forgot God. about the e-greeting cards. Wow. They were for a hot minute. They were like being talked about. Like that was it. That was the solution going yep. forward. Greeting cards were a thing of the past. E-greeting cards through email, that was our future. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. (laughs) It didn't didn't really happen. (laughs) Never really did. I was always kind of uh, a little peeved, if I'm being honest, because I never did get any e-greeting cards for my birthday. Same, Uh, same. And I had an email address that my dad set up for me. And I didn't get emails for, like, a good six years because I was, like, 10. Like, why did a 10-year-old need an email address, you know? <laughs> fair. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody wants to set that up now, it's demboysofficial at gmail.com. My birthday is November 10th. All right, you can log in while you're listening to this episode and set up your e-birthday cards for me right now. I'm turning 31 this year, okay? Get it? Get it figured out. I expect to get some on November 10th this year. Okay. I think send a belated one. November was just, you know, a couple months yeah. ago. That's true. Um, so anyways, Jib Jab, yes, there were e-greeting cards, um, and those weren't really the main focus at first. Those became popular a little bit down the line. Um, then 2007, 8, somewhere around there, they figured out the technology to upload a picture of your face or your friend's face, and they would make these pre-recorded videos and they could throw a picture of your face on these like stupid dancing yeah. bodies or whatever. Right. Kind of like Terrence and Phillips style. And I uh, was totally going to say uh, that watching this. I'm like, this has South Park, like the Canadians written all over it. I'd fucking love mm-hmm. this. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So there, that's what they're still uh, very popular for um, that. They make those like little customizable like videos that you can do. Um, but uh, the bread and butter, the reason why I bring Jib Jab up fucking five minutes into this second <laughs> pick of mine, I'm stalling, is that they had these flash cartoons. And these flash cartoons were like my introduction to politics, of which I'm still very ignorant and, and I'm just an idiot when it comes to politics. I understand some things, but I don't care enough to to do a deep dive these jib jab videos were like my crash course in mid-2000s politics with the elections between uh george bush and john Kerry. um there was a whole uh uh, one where they did something with bill clinton uh and arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) getting elected for for governor there was a whole uh flash video that these guys did on that um but what i remember is one of these videos, the This Land video. Uh, if you're listening right now and you've never seen it, pause uh, please. me yes. right now and go watch it so you get just a scope and an understanding of what I'm talking about. Great, you're back. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you. I sure hope you, that you did. I don't know. Um, so in that particular video, it's George Bush versus John Kerry in the 2004 election, and they're doing it to the tune of this land, uh, this land, this land is your land, this land is my land. Now, the problem there is that I was in elementary school, and I watched this video so much because my mom came home from work 
had seen the video and then that night we actually saw it on the nightly news because it went like viral viral, viral. yeah big time viral like when viral things would get on the news for how viral they were going which that doesn't happen anymore um and i was so obsessed with this cuz it felt a little raunchy a little risque a little bit like more um raunchy than things i should have been watching at the time and for whatever reason, she was letting me watch this. And I watched it so much, Grimey, that like the lyrics to This Land, the, the actual song, have been replaced by the jib-jab version of this song. So you watch this video. I want to know your, your thoughts and opinions. I still don't really know what's going on. Like you, I'm super <laughs> ignorant when it comes to politics and any I'm even history, dude. Like I never I could never pay attention to history class or anything that in, involved politics going forward or any of that stuff. Like I'm still to this day, I'm not not really interested. And when you sent me this and I I've had to look up what jib jab was, I was like what's this kid sending me? What the fuck is this? And <laughs> but I to, I totally get it. Like had I seen this when I was a kid, I would have been all in on it. Like it's it's funny. It, it's enough to keep my attention locked onto the screen for the whole you know thirty to forty five seconds that the, each one of these videos is. It's it's entertaining. It's and it fits in with that time period so well. It does. And the reason that these flash animations were great is not only did they do political ones, but they would do year end recaps. Uh, you know, major cultural events that happened in the U.S. and sometimes around the globe. Um, and they would make a song, Jib Jab, that would just totally encompass all of the big pop culture moments and historical moments and everything and condense it down into this two and a half minute long video complete with a very unique animation style, catchy songs. And I love it uh, because they were just fun to watch at that point when you were a kid and while you were growing up. But now there are these perfect little time capsules. Like, would I ever really give a shit about going back and learning about the, the 2004 election? Right. Probably not. But, like, I know that election better than any other election in history because I go and I watch this minute and a half long video <laughs> And I get a total crash course every time I rewatch it. Like, it's brilliant in that way. Uh, so they're still around. This company, this website is still around, but they don't really do videos like this anymore. And so I, I'm taking this whole segment as an opportunity to just beg and plead with the people at Jib Job. Just get back to it. Like, they're yeah. so good for us culturally because they act, like I said, as these little mini time capsules where... Not only are they entertaining, but it's like all of the things that you should know and learn and and memorize from any year in history. Uh, but it's easy to do it because it's fun to to watch along and like learn the stupid little song. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it's same for me. Like if there's any way that they're going to get me, it's like this. So like and there's no reason not to do it. There's still all kinds of crazy shit going on now. And there's always going to be as long as there's, you know a reason for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> People on earth, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, as long as there's life, there's, there's going to be some shit happening. So like, yeah, I would fully love to see something like this come back. And I, even someone as non-political as me would probably jump in on it. It's, it's, uh, it's entertainment. Yeah. Very entertaining with a purpose, I suppose. And I know that's so annoying and lame to say, but it's true. Yeah. There's some actual merit there. Uh, 
so yeah, I don't know. That's that's my second pick, Grimy. Jibjab.com. There's still a lot of fun to be had up there, and those videos, they might seem dated, but they're worth going back and watching for the first time if you've never seen them, I think. And I think you're proof positive because you think so too. Totally. Jibjab. Jibjab. I will kill you all. Nothing you can do about it. I will kill you all. Nothing you can do about it. Squirrely rap. Squirrely rap. Squirrely rap. You're all gonna die. You're all gonna die. Squirrely rap. Squirrely rap. So another thing that I spent a lot of my time on, we're traveling into illwillpress.com other words known as neurotically yours. So there's this series about a goth girl named Jermaine and a squirrel named Foamy, animated by Jonathan Ian Mathers, and it has this very, very 2000s, early 2000s, Jonan Vasquez type of animation style. Thank you. Yes, because I didn't spend any time on this website at all. And my only one note after you sent me some stuff and I did a little way back machining uh, was that, yes, this is slightly Yonen Vasquez-y. Jonen, oh, yeah. Yonen. I, I don't know the pronunciation, but yeah, we, we're talking about him. <laughs> yes, yes. And it just has this overall uh, hot topic theme yes. vibe about totally. it. It's just, mm-hmm. those are my two notes. That's basically it. Pretty I much. said, yeah. Little light invader Zimmy stuff going on here. Little Johnny the homicidal maniac yeah. and just all hot topic. Well, I guess you would probably be pretty stumped to find out that those were his two biggest influences. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well, yeah, that that makes a, a lot of sense actually. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this series it debuted in two thousand one at illwillpress dot com. And due to bandwidth limitations, things being too expensive, he promptly moved all of his stuff over to YouTube and Newgrounds in, like, 2009. I'm assuming that was the reason. Just too costly and not cost-effective to have them all on his website, which was awesome back in the day. Like I said, I spent so much time on illwillpress.com. So... The central plot of most of these videos regular, regularly regularly revolves around Jermaine and Foamy's interactions between each other. But there's also episodes that feature other characters like Pilsy, the pill poppin' squirrel. And uh, <laughs> there's like this weird, uh, he's like a coffee shop guy. He's just kind of behind the, the counter and he stalks Jermaine because she's a pretty goth girl and what have you. And then we have Foamy, the squirrel, who he's very energetic. Uh, he loves his bagels and loves his coffee. And um, he's very anti-human and for the most part angry at the world and the stupidity of humans. Okay, so like over the hedge meets Daria sort of vibes. Going yeah, on. oh yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, especially like the Daria. Yeah, this is certainly like that, and it's it's a very wild concept. But like just thinking, okay, so there's a goth girl and like a squirrel who's just super energetic and fast, and but like it totally works in the weirdest fucking way possible. Yeah, well, definitely it has that uh, Invader Zimmy vibe about it. What I will say. Um, and this is going to be maybe a really deep dive. Uh, so I, I don't remember if I've sent this to you or not, but the squirrel that you're bringing up, mm-hmm. 
You know what he sort of reminds me of? I'm saying this sort of. Do you remember back 2005, 2006, like in the very early years of the PSP, they had these commercials at the time where um, it was just animated squirrels promoting the PSP. Do you remember this at all? I don't know why it's ringing a bell. Like, I feel like there is something there, but I'm not... I couldn't, like, quote anything if there was anything like that. Uh, well, there was, like, some joke about how they're playing Nut and how Nut <laughs> is boring. And they oh. wish that they had something that's more fun than Nut. And then, obviously, they were like, why don't you try PSP? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it was just, uh, that's sort of what this reminds me something of. It's very mind. obscure and out there, but maybe one person also uh, who's listening remembers these Squirrel PSP videos, commercials, and... uh I love you if you do. Thank you. You're like there's three of us out there and you're one of them. So no doubt. Man, the the internet and uh advertising, they were all about their squirrels back in the day, whether they were they really showing were. PSPs they really were. or if they were just a haggard hodgepodge selling Quiznos subs or whatever. So uh, this this cartoon in the beginning was pretty crude. There was uh, I think 3 episodes where it was just animation going on and there wasn't really any dialogue. So like the first 3 episodes were kind of like that. But um you could see in the first episode there is Jermaine, she's sitting there in front of a computer and she's just typing away. We're all assuming that she's just typing up some kind of poetry or something, which is something she does often in the series. And Foamy is just behind her, wreaking havoc. You know, he's got like a chainsaw, he's cutting shit up. Uh, There's a part where a UFO comes down and he just walks back in and he has like a bunch of bandage around one of his ears. You don't really know what happened to him, but... It's it's all very very simple, very uh, prehistoric feeling. I guess it's it's very strange. But then later in I think it was episode four, we see a very similar thing happening where Jermaine is once again in front of her computer writing poetry, and we first hear him speak, and it's super super high pitched and really really quick and very chipmunks esque. And um, he's bashing her about her poetry. It's hilarious. There's a lot of really funny episodes. Uh, definitely, if you haven't ever watched them before, check out the Tech Support Part 1. It's really funny. Um, my personal favorite, though, is the episode simply entitled Nuts to You, which features Foamy and Pilsy. They're in a tree, and they're throwing acorns at people, passersby in a, <laughs> a, a park. And every time the... the Acorn hits them, they like blow up into a bunch of guts. It's it's very comical, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes. Uh, shout out to Foamy Cartoons. Check them out if you haven't before. I believe they're still making them today, and they are all available on YouTube. All right, I'm ready to have some fun, Grimy, because after talking about the PSP, I feel like I need to get into a little bit of gaming. So, I'm taking us to miniclip.com. Miniclip. Miniclip. Yes, I don't know about you, but, I mean, we were talking about it back in the Habo Hotel segment. I loved playing a browser game when I was a kid. Um, 
I would be all over the Nickelodeon website because they had their own uh, unique games that were only found in their their website through the browser. I loved, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, what else did I love? Uh, the Disney, um, Disney.com, Disney Channel, whatever it was, they had their own version of games, uh, coolmathgames.com. I don't know cool if math. you ever got into that when you were a kid. <laughs> cool math. I wasn't a fan, but I, I know of them, yeah. Well, hey, listen, if you're staring down doing actual math problems in school or getting to go to the computer lab and play your math problems. You're opting for the second one, for sure. You're opting for the second one. That's (laughs) right. You're just going to sit in your classroom. That's right. But learning aside, and if I'm not visiting Nickelodeon or Disney or any other number of sites that have, you know, free browser-based games, the king of websites that I'm visiting is miniclip.com. With just so, so, so many browser-based Flash games. I I can't even begin to to count and tell you how many games there were that were on there that I would play regularly, yeah. either by myself or with my cousin. Now, I, w- I wasn't sure if these games were solely uh, contained to this one website or if you were able to find them elsewhere. Because I know for a fact that I've played a couple of these games at least a couple of times. And I don't think I ever went through Miniclip. Yeah, and I think that's it. Um, that was sort of the interesting thing about that time period. We'll say like 2005 to, I don't know, 2008 at the latest uh, but it could have go even even earlier than that, I guess. But um, there are a lot of websites that popped up like this, like miniclip.com. Uh, and they would collect all of these shock games, these flash games, and I, they didn't necessarily own them, I don't think, or they weren't the sole hosters of these games. Okay. They wound up, I feel like, on basically every, every one of these yeah. websites. It just sort of came down to your own personal preference of what what address you could remember and yeah. what you like your muscle memory was what you're going to type in once your fingers hit that keyboard. You know yeah, that makes sense. So I'm sure for other people out there listening, MiniClip wasn't in the mix. You've maybe never heard of MiniClip, but I'm sure that you had your own version of MiniClip, especially if you're into playing browser-based games at that point. Uh. Some of my favorites that I would play on this website when we would go there, uh, Crush the Castle. Did you ever play Crush the Castle? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it took me to actually watch a couple of videos of, the, of this being played to remember exactly what it was. But yeah, I, I totally remember the whole a slingshot kind of thing. It's just hovering fucking boulders at castle pieces and stuff. It's really, really awesome. I, I loved these games as a kid. Yeah, physics-based game, exactly what you said, just hucking boulders, trying to knock down castles, and you're making your way through the kingdom, one castle at a time, just destroying them. Uh, very similar to, like, in Angry Birds, where you're trying to get the job done in, you know, X amount of boulders or less, and... The more efficient you are, the more stars or higher higher rank you get. And if you don't clear it with a certain amount of efficiency, then you got to try it again. Um, Sucker for those kind of games. I really am. I wouldn't think that I would be because it doesn't seem like it's incredibly fun, but they're very addicting. One or two levels in and you just want to play it for like eight hours. Mm -hmm. Especially if you like you're new to it. 
and you you hit that button for the first time and it doesn't quite do the job in the first like two or three or even four tries and you're like i need to go back and try this again you start to get good at them in a sense mm-hmm. like <laughs> you just mm-hmm. they become more of a challenge to like try to get them in less tries it's it's like i said it's a lot of fun yeah as they say get good g i t get good d get good um and here's another one that i used to play on mini clip a lot again with my cousin where we would be in the computer room sharing one computer chair uh we would play bowman a lot did you ever play bowman do I you didn't. know what the concept of this game is no. okay so it's really it's pretty brilliant uh it's just two stick figures and they each have a bow and arrow and you only know that you're on one player is on the left side of the screen one player is on the right side of the screen and you're using your mouse to aim and again it's physics based pull back your bow and you're blindly shooting at the <laughs> other person trying to hit the other person first basically that's cool and then i think you have to hit him like three times or something before you actually officially win but you're just each taking turns going one for one sharing the same mouse trying to get closer and closer and closer to actually being able to hit your opponent and then it became sort of a a a game of battlefield if you will nice where it's like great i made my first hit now I need to try to remember how I I clicked my mouse and how far I pulled back to try to, like, replicate that same exact hit. Uh, so, like, Battleship, like, okay, I need to either move up or down. Or, no, neither of those. I got to move left or right, you know? Yeah. So, uh, super fun. And a couple more games that we would play, uh, Adventure Elf, which was just, like, a shitty little side-scroller, but it was, like, Christmas-themed, so it was just, like, one of Santa's elves. Yeah, it's kind of set up, like, like, Mario almost, except a little bit worse. Way worse, if I'm being <laughs> honest with you. It just not great. But this was the magic of Flash games. Like, I had real Mario games. I could have been playing real Mario games, or real video games, right. right, in general. And for whatever reason, I would just go back to these crappy free games, just loaded the screen with ads that would fucking... <laughs> Just Send fill my computer, computer with viruses and uh, malware. Yeah, my dad would get pissed at me for it, but they drew me in unlike any real game could for a while. It was wild. Now, most of us looked for any reason to be sitting at the computer, and you were already there, so it's like, <laughs> while this Linkin Park MP3 is downloading, I guess I'm just going to sit and play a, a quick game. <laughs> so, yeah, this, mini clips. Right there, you know, a couple clicks away, and we're there. So you might as well play some some elf games. This this one also, by the way, reminded me a lot of uh, elf bowling for some reason. Just elf the bowling. way the elves were, like the yeah, very cool. Yeah, it it very much feels like um like shovelware is what yeah. the term is, where it's just there's not much purpose. The gameplay isn't very good, but it's abundant and it's easy to access. So yeah. I you know. Have fun, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> really, these were the ultimate time wasters games on, on places like Miniclip, where I could be going and doing something that has more value or more merit, but this is like junk food, in a sense. This mm-hmm. is like the McDonald's of video games, you know? I know it's not the best thing out there, but it's certainly hitting a craving that I didn't <laughs> really know that I had that... Nothing else is going to to satisfy me right now. 
you're gonna definitely eat that uh that Big Mac and instead of the celery that's sitting in the the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And I'll I'll end with this one. Uh, might be another game that everybody listening has tried or heard of, but one that I found particularly addicting for a while, uh, and that was Line Rider. Um, I believe Line Rider made an appearance on Mini Clip at some point, if not having its own website yeah. as well. I, again, don't don't quote me. I'm almost positive it was on Mini Clip, but if you've never played it, uh, you're basically just drawing lines on a blank canvas. And you've got a little guy on a little sled, and the whole point is to just, like, draw his path. So you can just send this guy shooting off into the abyss, falling forever, until you draw another line. And I have to admit, Grimy, I love the feeling of power that it gave me. (laughs) (laughs) We get to do what we want in this game. You'll fall until I say that you don't fall. And how do you like that? Pray to me. Pray to me now, Dennis. Pray to your God. You seem like a pretty nice fella. Hey, sure. All right, you played a couple of pretty fun flash games, and I'm going to play one next. Next stop is the Bill Cosby fun game. Boy. (laughs) Oh, brother. So I, I understand that you never played this game until... Recently? Until yesterday. Uh, yesterday. I actually hadn't even heard of it, Grimy. And, uh, man, oh, boy. What I I will say is, um, you know, obviously the man's name is is just, he's done things. Yeah, yeah. It's tarnished, man. He's done some uncommendable and downright disgusting devilish nasty acts yeah there's no disputing that um but a game called bill cosby fun game um surprisingly ahead of its time uh (laughs) kind of painting cosby as the monster that he turned out to be if i'm being honest with you yeah yeah totally and uh, that makes playing the game just that much more fun Right, it's a joy. It's a total really joy, is. and uh, I didn't feel gross about playing it one, you know, whatsoever. Because uh, playing it, I said, hmm, "Yeah, no, this has probably happened. This, this, this seems about right. <laughs> this seems, <Yeah. laughs> this seems canon." So, tracks, yeah. the Bill Cosby Fun Game is a flash game from 2004, created by Sean Howd and Jeremy Locken. It's a very, very crude game. You could tell that they just kind of like took these characters and like they took a, a face and they just drew really, really crude uh, body structure and what have you. And it, it's pretty bad. Like I almost didn't want to talk about it because I wasn't sure I could talk about it on our platform, but uh, I'm never going to be able to talk about this game again. And I spent <laughs> quite a few days playing this one with a couple of buddies and here we are. So in this game... You are Bill Cosby. You have run out of money because of a certain trial that just took place. Leave that to the imagination. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh The whole point of this game is to lure passerbys in the neighborhood over with pudding cups. You smack them on the head with a camera, and then you push their bodies into a hole called the Cosby Cave with a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, you sure do do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, man. Um, I. It's fun to note who are some of these passers by. Did you happen to write any of these people down? Yeah. So they're all characters from different TGIF shows from back in the day. One is Carl Winslow. He walks up and yep. down the street. Uh, the second one is Kimmy Gibbler, and I'm not. I've never been sure about who the third one is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who the third guy is either. <laughs> he could be nobody. It's just some random person. I, I really have right. no clue. Could just be one of the programmer's best friends or something. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you take out a passerby, um, you either break your camera, which, which puts you in more debt, by the way, or you find cash or an extra pudding. The object of the game is to unalive 26 people and gather $100, and you can use this telephone to call for your getaway. And if your pudding and money and your camera life are all gone, you have to then unalive yourself. You press a button, and Bill Cosby goes out into the middle of the road, and he gets hit by Knight Rider. <laughs> I didn't get that far. No. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't do the, the free, free suicide, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that. What I did find really, really funny uh, was that you either go, what is it, to the cave to, cave? to b- bury your victims or, or you the go burbs. to the city? Yeah. The burbs. The burbs. The burbs. Uh, and when you go to the burbs <laughs> to buy more supplies, either more cameras or more pudding or a shovel, which I bought a shovel, and I don't know why I did because I never got a chance to use the shovel. Um, but. Your merchant, uh, like think back to Resident Evil Four. You've got a man. Hello, stranger. What are you buying? What are you selling? Well, this game has a version of that. It has one of those characters, and it's none other than Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, and when you go to her screen, the first thing that comes out of her mouth is Pokemon. I I don't really understand it, but yeah, it's there. Yeah, so the shovel, once the bodies accumulate in the Cosby cave, the stench starts happening, and you have to hide Ah. it from the neighbors, so you buy a shovel, and it takes care of it. Okay, (laughs) okay. Yeah, I guess I didn't get that far, because after my fourth Carl Winslow kill, I said, you know, I... Just done. Got phone calls I have to take. Yeah. Gotta go feed the dog, do my homework. Uh, you know. Yeah, you are right. You have one very important phone call to take, or to make, actually, and that's. Oh yeah. If you win, you get the twenty-six body count and hundred dollars. You get to make your phone call, and I know this is like the the question everyone's dying to be answered. Um, the phone call is your getaway, and the getaway is. The uh, you get to ride piggyback with the Olsen twins on a motorcycle into the sun. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn! I I should have finished that game. What was I thinking? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's just it's terrible wow. in all the best ways. Like there's there's no way around it. It's not um it's not something I wouldn't recommend to people nowadays just to get a, a laugh, a quick laugh, or you know just. A, if you haven't heard of it before, most people I've talked to have not heard of it. But again, you know what? Here's the thing that I, I want to bring up, and it's it's praising the era from which it was born from. Yeah. Because that's something that I can guarantee you those guys probably did not see a dime from. Like, maybe if they were lucky, they installed some static ads to the left and right of the game screen. But... They probably didn't really make anything off of that. I know. Nor... They reaped no benefits. 
Yeah, nor would I assume that that was the reason that it was made. Like, I think it was one of those things where it was just a pure because we can moment. Mm -hmm. Which are just getting fewer and more far between uh, as the years go on where anything and everything can be monetized now. Where everybody is trying to make a buck off of everything they create. Something like the Bill Cosby fun game or whatever the fuck this thing is called. That's it. You're right. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Is that uh, it's it's just to me sounds like some friends who had some very limited rudimentary knowledge of creating Flash games. And they it just sounds like they, they got together and they're like just one upping each other. Yeah. Just like, and what if and what if this happened? And then what if this happened? And then what if we did this with a shovel? And then Rosie O'Donnell, and then she says Pokemon. And like by the end of the night, all these dudes were like shitting their pants, laughing so hard yeah. that they decided that they had to stick with it, stick with the joke, and see it through. And they did it. Like, that's brilliant. Like, I know that it can still happen these days, and I'm sure it does in some capacity. But it's it's happened to, in my opinion, it seemed like it happened a lot more. Yeah, when this game might have been made, uh, especially on the internet, and mm-hmm. and that was just the cool thing about it. Regardless of if you understand it or if it makes any sense or if it's crude or whatever it might be, it just sounds like this was a passion project through and through. Just something that made it made the guys laugh. Absolutely, it was a nice little flash in the pan. And I felt like it deserved to be mentioned. So shout out to the Bill Cosby fun game, Pokemon. Hi, strong man. Can you draw a dragon? I want to see your skills of an artist. Okay. Well, G2G, guys are from California. A dragon? That's easy. Feel free to follow along with my simple step-by-step instructions. I make drawing fun. All right, Grimey. This is my last sight of the evening. So I'm going to make it a good one. I am taking us to homestarrunner.com. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. I know, I like, every one of these, oh, this was formative of my childhood. This was formative thing of my childhood. I spent so many time, you know, so many yeah. hours and so much time with my cousin doing this or doing that. Homestar Runner is, like, tied, and I, I don't even want to say tied with, Cinemassacre. Homestar Runner probably surpasses Cinemassacre in every other website of my childhood by a large, large margin. Large margin? Large margin? (laughs) (laughs) No, I could totally see that. And, like, I hadn't heard about this until I went here, and then I started realizing how much of it I had heard about and just didn't realize it. There's so much going on with this website. Like, I'm just blown away, and it's all really awesome stuff. It's incredible. So if you've never been to HomestarRunner.com, I mean, it is just, like, absurdism, the website. Like, that's that's the only way that I can describe it. It's like if a PBS cartoon was done with Flash animation uh, and dumbed down to like negative one intelligence (laughs) like that's really it like none of these characters on here are smart they're all incredibly stupid the jokes are are incredibly juvenile and uh just that's that's the beauty of it though especially as a kid um and i'm happy to report that 
While I spent most of my time on this website as a kid, I have gone back in recent years um, and rewatched a couple of the things. And while it might not be as gut-bustingly funny to me at 30 as it was when I was 10, it's still pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Plus the memories live on, you know. Exactly. And I found out that they're actually still making new cartoons. Are they? (laughs) and they did one for this past Halloween, for instance. And that one really had me laughing as an adult because all of the like costumes that they put the character in throughout the sketch, all of these different characters, were some of the most deep-cut, random costumes that they could possibly ever put anybody in and they it just it was like joke after joke after joke right and it actually worked for me as an adult where i was like oh i would never would have gotten this as a kid so i'm actually eager to maybe go back and watch more of it as an adult to see like what little tidbits i was not getting when i was a kid because i feel like it was just brimmed just brimming with them just packed full so so tell me with no experience what did you find and what did you enjoy so there was there was a couple of things I did watch just really really quick. Um, I did see that you jotted down something about the uh, strong bad emails. So I watched one of those. Uh, it was the one where strong bad was drawing a dragon, which was highly entertaining. Drew the uh-huh. the S shape, which kind of reminded of, of that one show we just did with the uh, the art tape for Christmas. Oh, totally yes. the S drawing of the, the dragon. And then he put arms on it and was like, wait, wait, no, this, this doesn't make sense. Start over. <laughs> um, then there was the, the, the talker soundboard. I think that's awesome. Oh, uh, home I feel like, star talker. Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. So okay. I feel like yeah. this is, I know that soundboards as a whole are still like alive and well, but I feel like they're not used the same way they used to be. Like there's a lot of DJs that are using them on like TikToks and stuff and all these like live feeds of uh, webcams and stuff where they're like remixing what people say and stuff. Whereas when we were kids, people were using like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, soundboards to prank phone call people, which isn't, it's a lost art. You know, they they don't do that shit anymore. No, not at all. And I mean, even if you never took it that far with the soundboard, I, I would just sit there for like <laughs> an hour just making them say just different things. Like this Homestar Runner one is great because they've recorded the lines in a way uh, that you can make full sentences with oh, yeah. Homestar himself. It's mm-hmm. not just clips from from this video or this phrase that he would say. It was literally like, I will. And it like, you know, you can yeah. piece together a full actual sentence, which was really fun. So mm-hmm. I would just lose hours to that that piece, that little mini game on the website. Yeah, yeah. Lots of fun. And then of course, uh Trogdor. I, I'm a huge Guitar Hero too. I mean Guitar Hero as a whole. I still play Guitar Hero you today, know. just at sometimes when I'm at home and bored. Fucking Trogdor, these guys did Trogdor, like damn, it's awesome. Wow. Okay. So I Am I understanding this correctly? So you had and played Guitar Hero 2, specifically the Trogdor track. Religiously. And you you didn't know the connection between the Trogdor track and HomestarRunner.com? Nope. Had no idea until these uh, very last few moments. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Because I always wondered that. Um, 
more so because my parents that was one of the few games that they would play with us when i was growing up was guitar hero because everybody had a good time with guitar yeah, hero totally and i would pull up the trogdor song and i remember them being like what the hell is this and i i i like didn't even want to explain it because they wouldn't have understood <laughs> no. you know and I, I thought to myself, like, oh, yeah, I guess there must be people out there who don't go to HomestarRunner.com. They probably have no idea what the hell Trogdor is. So you are one of them. One that's, of them, yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, we used to quote this song, like, the end, where it's like, and the Trogdor comes out in the night. Like, that whole line. <laughs> we used to quote that all the time in college, back in, like, what, 2008, 2009. And uh, we had no idea what it was from. And... I ha I mean, I only looked into it now because of the show, and I come to the realization that it's just like like a, a commercial for some game or something back in the day, and, and it happened to be Trogdor, and they saw it and were making fun of it. Oh, see, I didn't know that far back. I just thought Trogdor was a creation of the minds at homestarrunner.com. No, I, apparently not, unless wow. it was just that whole thing was just made up, too, from them, I, which could be. It could be. It could be. That's kind of the cool thing about Homestar Runner is that it, it they never sold it or sold out to another company, uh, a bigger company. They never did a proper TV show or licensing or whatever. Like Homestar Runner is, was, and always will be run by the guy or the couple of guys, whatever it is, who created it. Uh, they never, they, I think they had plenty of opportunities where they could have sold something like Adult Swim or Cartoon oh, Network or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they just were like, no, this is our thing. It's going to stay on this website and that's good enough for us, which is really, really cool. Cause they had an opportunity to probably make more money than they ever know what to do with. And they were like, yeah, at the sacrifice of our creative vision and, and we'd be losing our creative outlet, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I love that. But, uh. Yeah, wow. I'm so glad that you like kind of did a mini deep dive on I did. this. It was a lot of fun. Um, and this list that I made was really just stuff I was going to talk about, but I don't really even need to talk about it because you already kind of covered it <laughs> by it. doing your own mini deep dive here. I was going to say that like the strong bad emails were always a highlight. I Throughout my summer vacations, my cousin and I basically every single day would be checking back on Homestar Runner's website to see if there was a new strong bad email posted mm -hmm. up yet. Um, and if you've never been or never watched any strong bad emails, they're great. It's just, it's a guy in a luchador mask with boxing gloves on his hand <laughs> and he never takes them off. And he's always responding to these very obvious questions that are easy to answer that are emailed to him on his old fucking text-based computer. <laughs> yeah. And instead of, like, understanding the question and responding appropriately, he always misunderstands the question and goes off on a tirade about something completely different. So those are always super fun. Um, just all of the cartoons in general are a good time. But you brought up Homestar Talker. That was the other real big thing with homestarrunner.com were if i loved miniclip i was in love with homestar runner's website yeah because they had so many games and they were almost all of them were featuring characters from the show itself in some way shape or form and i mean there were so many characters so there's so much they could do with these these online games and they were all free which was incredible uh Homestar Talker was one of them. 
Dancing Bubs as another one of the games. That's one of the characters, and you can just make them do different dance moves just by clicking the Oh, buttons. nice. Uh, there's another one, Population Tire, which I vaguely remember. Bronco Trolleys, again, vaguely remember. But the one that I really spent a whole hell of a lot of time with on their website, it was called Peasant Quest. Uh, I don't know if you looked into Peasant Quest at all, Grimy. So there was like a video. It was like a preview of it or something like that. I didn't get real, real far, but I, I've gathered that it's uh, from like Knight's Kingdom kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so they designed a whole like text input adventure game in the style of, you like- know, big... Like like the movie Big with Tom oh, yeah. Hanks. Yeah. At the beginning of that game, he's got his old ass computer and he's got some floppy game in and they're like, Oh, what do you want to do to the Ice King? And it's like right. Melt Ice King. Or he's like typing yeah. it out and then it's a text prompt and he hit enter and he'd try to progress in the story yeah. that way. So it's like this... a cooler version of Oregon Trail, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this whole game on their website, Peasant Quest, was one of those. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I had no access to any games like that ever. Um because we didn't have old computer stuff like that. And my dad didn't game like that for him to hand it down to me at any point. So this was the closest that I could get to recreating that <laughs> moment from Big, which was one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, so, yeah, I spent a lot, a lot of time on the games on this website. And the coolest thing about it is that most of these, by the time the Nintendo Wii rolled around, you could actually go on the internet browser on the Nintendo Wii, go to HomestarRunner.com, you could click Wii Games, and they actually worked it so that most of those games would work with your Wiimote on your Wii which is great That's for me because I was awesome. a broke kid who couldn't afford to to buy games left and right. So I would just use my Wii to go on Homestar Runner's website <laughs> and play the free games there most of the time. It oh, was awesome. so awesome. I loved the Wii when it came out. I couldn't imagine playing something like this on it. and oh, I feel like I missed out, man. Totally had a Wii. I could have done this. Yeah. Yeah, you did in a sense, but uh, at least it's still up and around where you can experience at least some of what was what was there. But uh, the only thing that you aren't ever going to be able to replicate, and I feel sorry for you, is the way that all of the comedy in these shorts, games, whatever from Homestar, the way it completely like hijacked my elementary school and my friend group, and we would only talk in Homestar Runner quotes and Homestarisms from, like, third grade to sixth grade. It yeah. was ridiculous. That is all we were obsessed with. There was a whole group of us. The way that you were obsessed with um, um, Ill Will Press and those cartoons, Homestar Runner was that for us. So I have nothing but love for this website and those characters. And... I love Cinemassacre, but this ekes it out just a hair. It sort of shaped me into who I am with my love of animation and games and free games and just the comedy in general. It was so random and ridiculous and unique that there's nothing like it. It was kind of like, it was my best boy. (laughs) He was my best friend. Yes! I bought your Colgate toothpaste! The one with tartar control. 
and it made me feel like a piece of shit. This is bullshit. Back between now, oh, somewhere 2001, 2002, there was a comedic video series following an angry, middle-aged, alcoholic man with Tourette syndrome named Danny Hempstead, otherwise known as the Tourette's guy. So this guy popped up out of nowhere one day online, heard about him from a lot of other kids. Oh, you didn't watch this video yet. You got to watch it right away. And that's really kind of how it started for me. I watched a lot of really funny videos online and laughed for hours back then, but a good portion of it was definitely spent on Tourette's guy. You mentioned something a while ago, how you were like, yeah, some of it certainly isn't funny as a 30 ish year old man. And that, that can be said for a lot of these things. And oh, yeah. especially, especially this, it was hard for me to get through some of these videos. If I'm being completely honest, like the memories are there, but to like really think that it was uh super, super funny now, like to have a, a legit belly laugh to it. Like I used to, it's not happening. So uh, that's a little disclaimer. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll say it right now. That's good on you because that means that you've matured and you've kind of <laughs> grown past it. And uh, honestly, if you laughed at it the same way that you did in 2002, 2003, whatever it might have been, that'd be a bigger red flag for me than the fact that you're bringing this up at all. Right. <laughs> because that would have meant that, like, your your sense of humor uh, didn't change or, you know, you, you're not empathetic or, or, or don't have the capable uh, capabilities to grow. So it's, it's good that it's not hitting you the way that it used to. Not right. to take away from... How it did hit you at one point, right? But, right. Uh, th- th- there's there's some some merit there, but you know, totally. Just you know, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, the whole the whole thing's kind of fuzzy in a way. Like the whole history is kind of weird. Um, we don't really know exactly where it started. I feel like I've looked up numerous websites. Um, a lot of places are saying that it started as a, a file sharing thing from Kazaa or Kaza, however you're pronouncing it, and LimeWire. So that was the only way you could get Mm. these videos in this series. Then there's other people that are saying that he was on this website called Elbows World, which I'm assuming is competing with E-Bombs World. That's the only thing I could think of. And then someone else stated that Tourette'sGuy.com was a fan-made website that all these videos ended up on. Uh, I don't know that any of that being true. I, these are just things I read. They are words, and I'm saying them too. And <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his due diligence. Yeah. So as most funny videos, they ended up on the uh, the internet. I found a lot of these on E-Bombs World first. And uh, these videos, we see Danny shout profanity, wearing a neck brace, and in various skits of him angrily and hilariously struggling with everyday life with Tourette's. Things like calling a toothpaste company to tell them that their products made them feel like a piece of shit, or like mowing the grass and being chased by bees, or just being angry at salt for no reason. There's a video where he's sitting on a table, there's salt in front of him, and he's just shaking his head in disapproval, and then he slaps the salt off of the table and says, fuck salt. There's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, it's, it's, and I think that was exactly what I loved about it. Very quotable. Like I said, a lot of the kids in my school, we were quoting this on the daily. Even if you didn't know the kid who was quoting it from down, you know, a mile down the hallway, you knew exactly what they were talking about when they'd say, fuck mm-hmm. salt, or his most quotable line. Oh, fuck, say it! 
<laughs> so I have a really interesting story to tell about uh, Bob Saget. When I was in college, a couple of kids, they were film students. They had asked me to be part of their little project. And I was to wear a monster mask, knock on the door, and scare a kid. And I was like, okay, like, what? I'm not very scary. What am I supposed to say? Fucking boo? He's like, why don't you just yell Bob Saget? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally wish that video was still up on YouTube. I messaged the kid a couple of years ago about it. He's like, yeah, it's gone and I don't have it anymore. Sorry, bro. Like, son oh, of a bitch. Man. So you could have seen uh, 2008 Dave in college with a giant mohawk and trying to fit a monster mask over my head. We actually <laughs> cut a slit right down the middle so my hair could fit in it. It was awesome. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Incredible. But um speaking of the history being fuzzy, there's not really a lot of information about Danny Hempstead uh in general. We don't truly know if he has Tourette's or if he's ever had a, a, an issue like that. Um so we don't know if he's making fun of or just genuinely showing his day-to-day life and just having fun with his ailment. So like that gets kind of murky there. There was a spot in, I think, 2007, maybe, or 2008, where every all of his videos got taken away online, uh, deleted, the website was gone, and supposedly he died. That was the big rumor, is he was dead. Later to find out, after he came back in 2009 or 10 with the video, the return of the Tourette's guy, uh, that wasn't the case. He actually went to jail for driving drunk. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, wow. yeah, totally. What a uh, roller coaster. <laughs> literally, like what the fuck? <laughs> the whole concept, it's just it's murky. Uh I don't I don't know I don't think anyone really knows anything about this guy aside from the people that are filming him. So uh I feel like that that gives us more than enough reason to be able to laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um it was one of those that I was introduced to it super late. Um, I actually remember the night that I was introduced to it, I was sleeping over one of my friend's houses and we were in high school because I met him as a freshman in high school. So let's say ninth, maybe 10th grade when I'm having this sleepover, um, modern warfare Two, the video game was out. So if anybody out there wants to do the math, it's. At or around, around Call of Duty Modern period. Warfare 2. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and he shows me a couple of the Tourette's Guy videos. And I think that at that point, it didn't really hit me as like super funny. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I had already seen so much like other funny stuff, stuff. <laughs> that was like but but like shocking like you right. know what i mean like i think the reason that it worked so well when they were first going like viral like when you were in high school is that um hearing swears at that point like it was kind of hard to hear cussing like yeah. you didn't get it on tv you barely got it on cable tv like if you wanted to hear swears you either had to listen to explicit music or you had to go out of your way to like Watch a movie that had swearing in it. Well, yeah, you know I mean? yep, yeah. It was an outlet South for sure. So, like, when you just like get random swearing without much purpose uh, mm-hmm. from some random guy on the internet sharing this video, you're like, oh my god! Like, like it instantly boosts 
It, yeah, it's like a shock mm-hmm. laugh where you're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is this yeah. guy for real?" Or and he's swearing like like crazy, and it like doesn't make sense why he's swearing. Like he's just saying like "fuck this salt shaker." Like it it's like this magic combination. And by this point, I've been exposed to so much other stuff. Like I at that point, I've seen Jackass two and three. Like I've seen cock and balls like. 25 feet right. big, like, just yeah. for a laugh. So some guy with a neck brace on in, like, 180.2p just swearing with it, you know. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I don't get it. And I remember looking at my friend, and he's dying. And I was like, is this, this guy for real? <laughs> is it, like, does he really have Tourette's? And he was like, I don't know, man. Nobody, Nobody really knows. knows. No. I was like, well, it seems like a skit. And he goes but is it? And I was like, right. I don't, I don't know. It's so, so murky. I can, I can totally see that also adding to the allure of when these are like first brand new. Cause you're like, I don't know if this guy is for real or if this is fake. Like if the guy recording him is making fun of this guy and uploading it to the internet for, for his own personal gain. Like it's just weird. It's almost mm-hmm. as much of an art project as it is like, making funny videos you know it's 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 interesting the whole thing is just like very interesting like even if it's not as funny now as it might have been at one time it's still kind of like an interesting could only happen on the early internet sort of a project so it's it's got its merit there for sure yeah and it's it's super obscure it's it's just like such a weird concept but it worked and so far it looks like he's still pumping out videos today i was just watching one uh that was uploaded i think as little as like six or seven months ago and it like it's very hard to gauge what people are going to deem funny in the year of our lord 2024 but i I was surprised (laughs) Uh to see a lot of the comments were genuinely very positive and there wasn't anybody that was like upset in any way or trying to fight him it was just all people probably in between your and my age or older younger give or take that uh were all fans before and are like just happy to see uh you know something familiar from back then come back so if if anything you know that that's it's a happy uh outcome in the end bob saget So that's all the time I think we have for now. Uh, it's been a really, really fun time going back on the, uh, we'll call it the ancient internet, surfing the web. It's been a long time since I like really delved into the, a lot of the memories that we've just discussed, and it, it made for an epic show, I think. How about you? Oh, I think so. And hopefully it gives uh, you guys who are listening maybe an idea of, of what to do when you're bored on a Friday night in the cold, cold winter, maybe something a little bit different than your standard de facto pizza in a movie or some video games or, I don't know, going to see a hockey game. Maybe maybe you'll decide to go hit the old Wayback Machine over on the Internet Archive and pull up some old screenshots and old versions of these websites. You know, see how Cinemassacre was in 2005 or, I don't know. Absolutely. Homestar Runner, how it is now? Like they haven't changed that site. Maybe you'll you'll have a, a computer night. That that'll be fun. Oh yeah, I tell you what. Order some pizza, pop some popcorn, get something really nice to drink. You'll have a blast. And with that, uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. 
And if you dig what you just heard, make sure you check us out on all social media platforms. That's right. You can check us out over on Instagram at Leftover Pizza Podcast. And we're that same username over on Threads, which is hanging in by a thread at this point. <laughs> it not, does feel that way. <laughs> not much interaction there, but hey, we have one. So if you have one, you might as well follow us there too. Absolutely. And uh, don't stop there. If you have a Twitter account, check us out over there at L-F-T-O-V-R Pizza Club. And don't forget, if you have a Facebook, if you're one of those people like us. And we're old. <laughs> you can... You can find us. Uh, we have a page. It's just the leftover pizza page on Facebook. And I'll take it a step further. The place that you really want to be is our Facebook group, which is called the Leftover Pizza Club. It's a nice little community where you can come and hang and meet some cool, like-minded peeps. We have a lot of good conversations in the group chat, and we encourage you to share pictures and videos and tell us about your kids or your dog, whatever, man. We're all there to have a good fun time a good fun time and if that wasn't enough check out our website leftoverpizzaclub.com where you can read all kinds of nostalgic articles and junk food reviews uh, it's not quite popping right now just coming off of the holiday season and we're kind of getting our feet back in and uh, you know just stay tuned I think that you'll be surprised very very soon once the uh, the snow starts melting yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of places that you can also go, how about Patreon? Patreon, my God, three bucks a month gets you access to our exclusive monthly bonus podcast show. And this month, we actually just finished it up last night. We've got a show that, hey, I, I have to tell you, it was pretty good. It's the space show, Grimy. I had a great time. I thought it was actually pretty funny. I do say so myself. It was very and, funny, uh, and I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and and we decided that for this month only, we're going to make that show free. So I'm sorry to all of our currently paying patrons. I'll, I'll try to make it up to you in some way, shape, or form. But we wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of what a bonus show is like. It's almost as good and full-featured as a real show. So if you have any interest or if you've got three bucks a month that you want to spare and throw our way to listen to us talk more, hit us up over there. Absolutely. And lastly, wherever you're listening to us, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. All that stuff helps a great deal, and we appreciate it very, very much. And with all that being said... I am, I am Derek. <laughs> I am Dire Derek. I am I am Derek. And you are grimy. And I am grimy. And I am Derek. And I am Bob Saget. <laughs> Fuck salt. <laughs> and you have just listened to the Leftover Pizza podcast. Thank you That's and good right. night. Thank you. And good night from Strongbad. That's not very good. I gotta, good. I gotta work. I gotta work. I, you know, maybe, maybe next time I'll get down a little bit more. You know, who knows? True door. Tips. It's all right, right, all right, right. It's all right here at your fingertips. It's all right, right, all right. It's all right here at your fingertips. Just surf the net. Now let me show you how it works. Just click, 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 click. And the next thing you know, we'll be surfing the net. Just click, click, click. 
it all comes down to computers communicating.